So here's something I um, uh, I noticed I'm noticing. It's another week without a intro theme song. <laughs> I bet it's, that's been on my mind a lot, and I haven't picked up a guitar since uh, since last time we were on here. But it is it is a little something on my to do list. But sometimes my to do list takes months upon months. I get it. I had I had some you know I I talked about how I played music with some buddies on here, um, and we started recording that stuff back in our early 20s and we just barely finished that up last year so we'll see we'll see how how long it takes me might be 15 years <laughs> you think this thing will still be a thing in 15 years <laughs> yeah man we don't have that kind of time <laughs> you don't think so i don't know i don't know i, I mean I, I would think at some point this whole podcast medium is going to have to evolve it's become so saturated yeah well look at everyone has a podcast we we do one <laughs> what does that i know <laughs> well and and sometimes it's too much choices is debilitating like there's all sorts of podcasts i used used to listen to and now i hardly listen to any of them anymore just because i there's too many options and you don't know which one to go with you know yeah and so that is a that is a real thing um, but I don't know. Radio has been around for a long time and who the hell thought that would stick around? That's true. That's true. But talk radio seems to be, um, what's, what's, what's withstood the test of time in talk radio seems to be like conservative. Yeah. Republican radio. <laughs> right. For some reason. I don't know why there's very few options for liberal talk radio. Yeah. Over the air you're saying? Yeah, just on the radio, like AM yeah. radio, talk radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, I don't know of any, but actually, I do know of one. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not not as many I think as as there are on the conservative side. There's there's one out of LA that when we lived closer to LA, I could actually get in and listen to, mm-hmm. but it was like so obnoxious. Yeah, it's like there's not any just like normal talk on the right. radio. Yeah. It's either it's either religion or conservative politics or sports. Yeah. Well, and I think radio is a weird medium is because I think radio often has to rely on gimmicks where um because if you if you have set I have a certain established amount of time that I have to fill the air, then um I don't know. Sometimes you have to go to those gimmicks and draw things out and do all these weird things. Whereas that's what's nice about podcasting or even internet radio is you don't necessarily have to, um, like different shows can be different lengths. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that allows a little more freedom. Yeah. I like, I like the Mark Marin podcast because I did, I did too, actually. I can, I can listen to it on my way to work and then I get the second half on my way home. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to take it all in. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But then I get a couple exactly days in between where I'm like, I need another episode because yep. I listen to it in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some good ones. And, and I guess, and I, I just like, like that, that time, pe- that time frame. Like there's some other, like I was trying to listen to a, a one the other day and it's like, I mean like even like Joe Rogan's yeah. podcasters, they're like two, three hours episodes yeah. and yeah. it's just like too much. It's too long to listen to David Lee Roth. 
Well, especially especially when there's so many podcasts available, there's there's got to be a sweet spot. And I I think I've heard somewhere around um, 30 minutes to an hour is a decent is a decent chunk of time because you can devote some some time to it. But or you can you can go deep enough where it's interesting, but um, you don't have to make this huge commitment, you know. Yeah, I think I was noticing when we were going live a while ago that around mm-hmm. 45 minutes is where live listeners start dropping off. So yeah. I always try to keep it around there. Yeah. Listenable. Well, well, and that's what's nice about podcasts is you, you know, you can, you can go back at it, but how you like in the new format? Well, it's a lot easier on me cause I don't have to sit there and listen live to everything. Yeah. Everything that airs. Like I can, yeah. I can also like, I can listen in my car now instead of having to physically sit here and listen live. Right. right. And, uh, so it's been good. It's been good. Holly yeah. and I still put out some live stuff just because it's easier to record when right. we're here together. Yeah. Um, to just to do it live, but nobody listens well, to it live. <laughs> well, and that's the reality of today, you know. But there is there is something nice about going live. It has like a, I don't know, just has a different, almost has a different pressure to it, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that's that that can be fun too. Yeah, well, that's why we like to go live when we're sitting here, because if I just re- start recording, it's just too easy to say, oh, let's just stop. Yeah. Fix yeah. that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a, sometimes it feels a little more of an authentic conversation, because you can, you're just going with where it goes. Right. And, and like, when I'm talking through Skype, like I'm talking to you, and when I'm talking to other people, I'm not going to, it's fine to just record, because I'm not going to say, oh, let's pause, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But when we're sitting here, it's too easy. Right. That kind of brings me up to something else. Like, mm-hmm. I want to talk about creativity a little bit. Okay. And kind of like finding ways to like, what do you? How do you? How do you tap into like creativity when you've been kind of like in a dry spell for a while, or when you've been kind of in a creative block, mm-hmm. and you, you you've got to like figure out a way to get yeah, something push through. Like, 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 is it okay to just be in a creative block and just kind of like be in the non creation of things? There's yeah. always this pull to be like, oh, I'm not creating right now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta break this. Yeah. I think it's, I, you know, I think there's value in both. Um, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I feel like I'm in a block more than I'm in a creative um, stretch. I, I do think, I think two things. One, I think there is value, you know, when we are in a creative block, um, as hard as it can be, sometimes we got to appreciate the value of some distance on what we are creating. Sometimes having distance, coming back to it, at a later time period allows us to see it with a little more of a fresh perspective or we see it just from a different perspective and we can make it better. Um, and so sometimes those blocks just naturally embed that time where, where you can come back at it. But on the flip side of that, I think, I think I, I felt this way about even when it's just like when I was writing stuff for school is sometimes you just got to like, 
push through and keep pushing and keep pushing and um and like just the the process of kind of slogging through it is what gets you to the end and eventually it's really good um because because i i everything i've ever created i've hit the block I, honestly like it's 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 been a situation where i've just got to put in the time and the time itself is what has allowed me to get there which is why for example even if we look at like writing a little riff for a, a theme um why sometimes i'm hesitant because i know it's like it's going to just it's just going to take a crap ton of time so so for me it's it's uh, um it's putting in time and we've talked about this a little bit before where you know we have we have a brother who's who's really artistic and he and i have talked about the creative process a little bit and for me i i actually really am often unhappy in the middle of a creative process but at the end of it is when i love it because it's like it's done and i feel like i can now enjoy the fruits of the labor kind of thing whereas for him he really enjoys the process and he doesn't necessarily always care about the end result um because like there's like joy in the journey kind of thing and to me that seems completely foreign and and weird you know? Yeah, that's how, when you're in it, all you want to do is be done. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's hating the thing you love to do the most. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and, and for me, the, the big thing for that was woodworking. I got into woodworking a lot um, a few years ago. I haven't since, since my job changed. Um, I don't have the time to put into it like I used to. But, um, in fact, just this morning I was talking to my wife and she was saying, I don't because in the summers I used to do all these different construction projects. And she said, I don't really like construction, Doug. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> he's not a good guy to be around. He's a dick. Uh-huh. I said, are you sure it's any better than assistant principal, Doug? She said, There's a difference <laughs> because sometimes the pressure, the pressure I feel now, just an amount of time just wears on me too. And, uh, but I think the hard part about construction, Doug was, there was like when you're creating something, there is a physical product at the end that you have to complete. And I, I don't know. It's just the pressure of, of doing that um, just wears on me. Just wears on me. Yeah. Yeah. But construction marks, not very fun either. But... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, as soon as I, it's like, I have these grand, ideas and the second I start I'm over it yeah and then I start cutting corners because I just want to be done yeah yeah it's exactly right so I don't do that anymore no I don't I started things. I started uh, we were, we had a leak a crack in our shower pan in our master bathroom and um, so I had to redo it and it got into the subfloor and everything I had to gut it down to the joists and um it was right at the end of summer, and so it was right as, I, as the school year was picking back up, and things were getting busier. And like I went into a depression, man. Just like this, like work all day, come home and work on that. It's just there's so much work that goes into it. It's just not fun. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. Well, I think I just figured out the um, how my my first marriage ended. <laughs> 
we bought yeah, that did. house. We bought you that house. We bought work. that house, and I was working nine hours a day, and then coming home and working six hours a day on that house. Yeah. I, you remember, you, know, I, you I, were there one night. We we were doing the floors or something. Uh-huh, I just wanted uh-huh. to cry. It was like late. No. And there was so much to do, and I was just like, uh. Mm-hmm. That that is a horrible feeling, and it, it's like this feeling of being trapped. Of you 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 can't stop. You know what I mean? Like you you don't have floors. Right. <laughs> you have to have a floor, and uh, it's just a horrible feeling. Yeah, I didn't live in that house very long. I, I had a conversation with a friend about kind of on a topic of that not too long ago, saying that you know different people have a different. Um, I don't know, a workload capacity for how long they can be at a certain task before they, um, before they're just done. And, and like the, this law of diminishing returns. And, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what, where my limit is, but you get going above 50 hours and holy shit, man. It's just like life all of a sudden starts to become depressing you know and some people I, I listened to an interview with ira glass and um he talks about the work it takes to produce a this american life episode mm-hmm. he was saying it was like 80 hours a week and i'm thinking how on earth do you like, how do you function as a human being you know yeah 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 but that's that's kind of different that's kind of like <clears throat> Put an Amer- put a, a, a that put an eighty hours a week into putting uh, this American Life episode together, and then mm-hmm. then go home and install a slate floor. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Like I can do work. I could go to work fourteen hours a day. Yeah. And yeah. but then then be done. But when, when I done. come home, like not much is happening. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of mm-hmm. why this whole open lines radio is kind of stalled out a little bit. It's just, yeah, it's too much. And it's, too I mean, much all it is is pushing buttons, but it's still sometimes just like, uh, just want to close my eyes. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe in the value of just taking time to recharge. And this may sound like I'm a total slacker, but the times in my life where I think I've felt the most happy is 30 hour work week. <laughs> like if yeah. I can put in 30 hours, and um well that's what i that's what i was doing i was doing a 30 hour week when i started up open lines radio and that's why i Uh opened with such vigor (laughs) yeah yeah you feel like you have time for other other hobbies in life um but the reality is that um to be self-sufficient or whatever and and 30 hours is, is hard to do in america and uh but man that's i'll tell you that's the, I think the, from, that's my golden hour right there, about 30. Yeah, yeah. I, I have all these, these ideas in my head, have things I want to write. Mm-hmm. And just the thought of spending, taking any of my precious free time that I actually have totally. to, mm-hmm. to write something that probably nobody will ever read, you know, that right. will just, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll shop it around and I won't get any interest in and it'll have been. I wrote this, I wrote this, I wrote three, I wrote, I wrote a whole treatment, um, an outline for a, like a single series, limited series mm-hmm. television show. 
yeah. like a Netflix show yeah. or an HBO show. And this was a couple of years ago, and it was kind of like over Christmas, or right before Christmas, because I remember I was finishing it up when we were in Utah for Christmas. So I haven't been in Utah for three years, so this was how long ago it was. Right. And I thought it was great. I wrote the first three episodes of the whole treatment for the whole season. I couldn't get a single person to look at it, let alone right. reject me on it. Like, reject me on the... Like, re- my rejection came with, don't even want to see it. You know? Yeah, at least look at it, yeah. <laughs> And then there, and that's like I I was just thinking this the other day. I was talking to Holly the other day, and I'm like, I gotta rewrite that. I gotta maybe put some, uh, sit down with that again now that a few years have passed, and and maybe me now can add a little punch to it. Right. And I was like, well, wait a minute. No one's ever even seen it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, Like I've never been rejected on the content of it. Yeah. But there was a lot of work that I put into that, thinking this is going to be the thing, and I couldn't get anyone mm-hmm. to look at it. So like it gets that that kind of gets disheartening, right? So is that is that the thing that you're looking at creating right now a little bit? You talk about writers or create like a creative block. No, um, what are you feeling it toward? I mean, I, here's I was I was reading an article that The Cure is mm-hmm. putting out a new album. Yeah, and I know a guy who uh, his friend is some sound engineer and he's mixing some of their new songs mm-hmm. and was telling him that dude this stuff's like disintegration good like, oh. <laughs> like oh, it's supposed to be really good and so i was just thinking last night about how like that used to be my creative pro like that's what i would do i would go we lived in that house <laughs> you mm-hmm. know growing up yeah, you, you yeah. probably have very few memories of that house because you were so young and we moved, but like yeah, no. I, I had that room in the basement, and I had uh-huh. we had these um, desks, like old school desks. I don't know if where they came from. Some... <laughs> I think it was like an army, an army case lot, sale or or, or it like might that. have been like a school district sale for some oh, reason. Maybe, yeah, our mom used to love to go to those school district sales and buy old computers and that's true. Shit. You're right. And so <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, she knew about them because she worked for the county. Uh-huh. And but it was this old school desk. And I would just sit in there, crank up the cure, disintegration, and I would just flow. I would just write. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I was just thinking, like, what? Like, that's still kind of the way I do it. I always try to kind of go back to, like, my teenage years and try to tap into that angsty. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was at work yesterday, last night, and this, this girl I worked with was... We we're kind of talking about how someone's dealing with something in the script. We're all dealing with shit. We just don't bring it to work. We're all dealing with shit mm-hmm. on the side. And I go, <laughs> and I go, I'm I'm not dealing with anything. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually don't have any shit that I'm dealing with. <laughs> She's like, you want some of my shit? Yeah. And I mean, my my thing now is just, I just feel like I'm running nonstop, and I can feel this little cold coming in, and mm-hmm. I'm almost scared to stop. I have a day off on Tuesday, and I'm yeah, worried that on Tuesday takes, it's gonna hit me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, other than like just the fact that I'm just going nonstop, yeah. Like, I don't have a whole lot of shit. Like, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like really, it's it, it's like I always thought the same thing about like um, Adam Duritz of Counting Crows, where like he would have to like re- ruin relationship after relationship just to come up with material for his next album because it's like, yeah, it seems like it's in pain where we want to create art. Yeah. And I did a couple years of writing higher self positive stuff on Instagram. Yeah. And that was fun. And it helped uh-huh. me a lot. But I kind of just feel like that medium's saturated and 
it's yeah. kind of a dead medium too. I'm just, I feel like I'm just kind of like sitting here waiting for the next technology wave to figure out where I can throw my creativity into it. Cause it just seems like everything right now is just so blah. Yeah. Well, and that probably, I, I think probably more than anything that probably just has to do with that, 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 um, that sense of just going, going, going. I think, I think that crap kills creativity. Um, and, and maybe not for some people, but for, for me, like I'm a, I'm the way I create is to reflect on things. And if I don't have time to reflect, it is, it's, and I, I'm even the same way at work. Um, cause there are d- different times at work where you got to find solutions to different problems. And if I don't have time to really sit and process and think about it, then I, the solutions just aren't as, as creative or as interesting or as, or as well planned or whatever. And, um, so I, that's what I think. It, and so I guess that's like a kind of a little bit of the catch 22 on one hand, you've got to maybe take time to just do nothing. And then on the other hand, sometimes you, you have to just push through it in order to, to get through that block. I don't know, man. It seems like when I'm, even when I have the time, I just start getting lazy with my time as well. You know, I, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I the thing I liked about Open Lines Radio is I could just sit down and talk and be done. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. in forty five minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But I keep. Just, I always try to tap into something from the past and like even, I just you know we talked about Scientology mm-hmm. a couple of months ago and. Yeah. I just, I feel like I just, I don't really have any anger of the, in the past anymore. <laughs> Let it all go. And yeah. so it's like, I, even when I go back to try to tap into teen angst, it's like, it just feels like watching a rerun that no longer, um, uh, uh, like doesn't have the same influence. Right. Right. On, yeah. I feel that too. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the same same uh sense when you know when we were writing music and having to go back through and kind of tap into this where place i was in my early 20s that was kind of fun but then to move forward with that it seems kind of like okay so now what and um i do think though i i I can't remember who i was listening to somebody who's some some famous actor but they're talking about how you can still be creative and be healthy and well, well emotionally adjusted. Um, cause sometimes I think, sometimes I think we use create creativity as a way to like process our feelings when we're, when we're going through the shit. But, um, and so that, that's where I think a lot of that comes from. But, but I would imagine there's still a lot of great things that have been created, um, by completely normal, healthy people, you know, yeah, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> what is their secret? Yeah, I was so thinking well. the other night too about bands that I used to just be completely infatuated with. Like, I'm sure you remember my high school bedroom was floor to ceiling, wall to yeah, wall, U two, U two posters, and like, mm-hmm. I don't even like to admit that I ever yeah, like U two anymore, <laughs> and I never listen anymore, and I see like no. Bono on the news or whatever and it's like 
uh, how was this guy my hero? Right. I mean, I, I get it. I, I mean, I know why, you know, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's just weird. I just never thought I would be at a place where, like, I haven't even listened to their, their last three out, four out. You know what right. I mean? It's like, uh-huh. <clears throat> I know it's just weird. It's weird how these things that you were like, that were like such this big impact creative, creatively. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. Just fizzle. And yeah. Well, and I think that stuff goes through cycles as well. Well, I think some of that is perspective of time. Um, maybe in a, a younger self, um, uh, couldn't see through some of the bullshit of a particular artist. Like, like I, I feel the same exact same way about you two. They had that album that they put on the iPhone and, uh, it just came with the phone. Right. And, and so like every time, uh, the Bluetooth on my car would would turn on, but that's, that album would come on. It just like fills me with rage. If it just feels so offensive that you're just forcing your damn album into my life, and, um, and if so you're gonna I put just, an album on, at least like put on Joshua Tree. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we'll give you this new totally. shitty one. Exactly. And uh, so sometimes it's just like, oh, the perspective of life, what I what I valued is different. But then there's some things I've I've had. Um, some of the opposite feeling where where not with you two but with different musicians that i really enjoyed in my youth and haven't listened to in a very long time um like refinding that spark and in the last few months um the cure is another example of that and listen to the old this very old cure and uh, nirvana even nirvana for me i was a teenager when when that um i was a young teen um, and then, and then he died. And so like that, it just became massive. And that was in my very formative years. So that, that band was like super. Well, influential well that's also me. just, you can't go four hours on a radio, any alternative radio station without hearing right. Nirvana. I mean, they had the two basic studio albums, big studio albums mm-hmm. that they pull songs from and Nirvana is always playing somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's only a handful of songs, but they're always, and, um, and there's something else I was listening to recently that you just, I just, oh, the downward spiral. I was 1994. I mean, it's, Nine Inch Nails? it's been, yeah. We were just that, talking about that, that album the other day. It's, it's damn good. Yeah. And, um, and so sometimes you go back and you think, man, this is, uh, this is some good stuff. And you, and you get re-influenced by it again. I think that's kind of a nice thing about time is some stuff. Yeah, but don't you like when you go around. back and listen to those old bands? It's like you listen to it for like a day or even just a, like one listen, and you're like, all right, <laughs> then I'm you done. Burn out. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> that too. was a nice trip down memory lane. Yeah, the Cure doesn't do that with me. Like it's the same. I still like that's the one band that I can yeah. keep listening to and not. Right. And now that's I just uh, jinxed myself. I better knock on some wood because I don't want them to. Yeah. Burn. Totally. <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah. But I think it's, yep. it's the same thing. It's just like this. I guess it's just the evolution of. I, I guess things just like life just kind of moves like a wave, you know, and. Mm-hmm. And. Like well, they, even they can't sustain. I mean, they have to. check no. It's like you want your bands to stay the same, and then when they stay the same, you're like, oh, just another. It's just another Blink totally. 182 album, and it's like, but totally. if they put out something different, you'd be like, what the? What is this? Well, that's kind of how I feel. I, I was into Radiohead, right? And Radiohead has, you look at their first album to what they're putting out now, it's 
drastically different and I haven't been able to keep up with them. I just haven't, you know, it's like, uh, this new stuff just doesn't, um, hit me like the old stuff used to. And that's fine. Right. And, and there's a part of me that really appreciates that they didn't just keep doing the same thing. Um, cause it feels sad. It just feels sad. And that's, that's why you two, the last, you know, the, when those out, when those songs come on in my car, it, it really makes me feel down that, not that, not that I don't know that they were ever like amazingly creative. Right. I think there were some pretty talented musicians, but, um, they had some albums that were pretty damn good. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of sad to see, see some bands just put the same old thing out. Like Weezer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's another one. Exactly. Another one. So, you know, um, I was, what I was thinking about speaking of, of music and formative years, I was thinking recently about the, I went, so you played in a band. It was in high school. Yeah. Awake. Uh, yes. And I remember, and it was, you know, punk rock music. And I remember going to a concert that you guys did and, and wearing combat boots. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, uh, they were like women's combat boots. I was probably 11. Um, I remember this them would have been 1991. The I would have been 10. Yeah. Our and last, our last, our last gig, if you will, mm-hmm, was on my mm-hmm. birthday in 1991. Oh, okay. Where did you play? Where was it? The Roy Activity Center in Roy, Utah, and it was yeah. this place where I think right, I think now it's a Ponderosa Paint. It's probably changed since then, even since I haven't been out there in so okay. long. Um, yeah just on that main drag in Roy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone knows where Roy, Utah is. Yeah. And it was just this building and they would book bands. Like you could just go in there and say, say they had two rooms. They had the big room that we always played in. And then they mm-hmm. kind of had like a front room that was a little bit smaller and more intimate. And there was like this, there was a band called Plain Jane that would always mm-hmm. play. They would do like psychedelic furs covers yeah. And they always played in that front room. We never did it played in that front room because we always brought too many people. <laughs> you know, we brought the crowd. <laughs> but you yeah. you could go in there and so I went to a different school than everyone else in the rest of the band. I knew the drummer from work. And so they all went to a, a school that was in that area. So that's how they all knew about it. This place. And it was basically like you could go in there and say we want to book this room and they would Say okay, and then you you could charge whatever you wanted to charge, and the Roy Activity Center would take half. Yeah. So in fact, I still have some posters that we had. Our little someone was in graphic design at school and would make posters, and we'd put them up at the schools. Yeah. And and it was basically a place where teenagers would just go smoke after school, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And it was like this smoky, smoke-filled place, and they had like a snack bar, and I don't know. It was it was a cool place because like we would go to we would get to go play, like on a stage. To, like, a room, you know, yeah. and and yeah. so, somebody knew a band called No One, K N O W U N, No One, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they had all the gear like they had the they had the amps they had the PA system they had right all this cool stuff and. 
So we would go open for them. They would have us open for them because they were playing at the Roy Activity Center, like on the, the night Saturday nights or whatever, the nights that were the big nights. We when we started, we would play like Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and we would go open for them. But they were already graduated from high school, and we were still all in high school. So the people that would come were people that we were telling at high school, "Hey, we're doing this thing," and they would come watch us. Right. And then when we would open for this band, they'd come watch us, and once we were done they'd leave because no one wants to watch no one (laughs) and so finally no one started opening for us yeah you became just so they could play to a crowd yeah and then you know we had creative differences (laughs) (laughs) the guitar player and the bass player wanted to sound more like guar and the drummer and me wanted to like kind of like take it more like Gorilla biscuits, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and and we wanted to like throw in like Morrissey songs into the set just to like throw people mm-hmm. off. We, like we wanted to we wanted to throw in Death of a uh, Disco Dancer, right, in, into the middle of our punk set, and mm-hmm. these other two guys just couldn't understand our vision. Yeah, but yeah, the rack, the, the Roy Activity Center. <laughs> those, you know, I think those venues really are for a subset of people really i had a similar <clears throat> a similar uh experience when i was in high school we we played um i played in a couple bands and um in fact when i was in junior high school you came to we we played a show in my friend's barn <laughs> as junior high kids but i don't remember the barn it, i remember going to the foe Oh yeah, so we went. We went to the FOE. It's now since been torn down, and the same thing. Kids love that place because they had a cigarette vending machine, and so we'd play there, and you could, you could, um, they could all buy cigarettes without being ID'd, and um, and then later they closed that down because it just got too rowdy, and um, they stopped they stopped renting to to bands like that, and then we played at the VFW, but uh, or maybe it was the VFW the, that I. No, you went to the, I remember you went to the FOE now. You mentioned that, I remember. Uh huh. Okay. And, um, but those, just having a spot where all these kind of kids where, um, maybe the traditional, traditional high school environment and what a lot of kids are going to games and whatever, you know, pep rallies and it's just, and dances. the kids who don't do that stuff, it was kind of nice to have this, this place. I still remember, you remember my friend Curtis, right? Yeah. Um, there was a, a local band concert at the fairgrounds and we went to, um, we were in ninth grade and we had just started this little band together and we went and watched these, these, um, all these local bands play their music. And I, I still remember that. And he grew up in this very, very religiously conservative and he was out in kind of the rural part of the city i mean now that place is there's subdivisions everywhere but back when he lived there it was just farmland and they had cows and all this stuff right and um so he grew up in this really super religious mormon community and then we go out and i still remember um like him just taking in this whole experience and just like eyes wide um, like <laughs> it's wide open, like, Oh, this is awesome. This is all these, these people that he could identify with. And, um, and I, I'd say he took that much further than I did. He, in college, um, started a band, they got signed to a label, they toured around the country. They didn't make like 
money or, you know what I mean? Like, right. like sustainable money, but they were at least able to, they made enough money to pay for their tours and they would, they would go all around and recorded three or four albums. And, and, um, but it, it was like having these, this little community where you can find these people to identify with. Um, and that's, that's what I think is so powerful about music and, and even playing live music, just going and just having performing for your, your peers or a group of people. Um, just it's in some ways, I think it's so, life altering and i still um in this weird way dream of that you know uh just it's just kind of a cool little environment yeah if, you know um last sunday um holly and i went and saw watsky i don't know if you know who that is probably don't uh-uh. i only yeah. reason i know i in in trying to find bumper music for um these podcasts i've been airing yeah. I like to I, when I was go, doing it live. I like to play music, uh, b- play a song before just to give people a chance to tune in live. You know, instead of just going and having somebody like, oh, you know, give me yeah, someone a couple get, of minutes yeah. to get a notification that Open Lines Radio is live before right. and not miss the actual podcast. I would play a song, so I was just going deep into Spotify, looking at artists who sound like this, <clears throat> trying yeah. to find unique music, and I came across this guy named Watsky, and mm-hmm. Holly just loves it you know it's kind of like it's yeah. kind of like white boy rap is what i would yeah. and then i find out like the guy's like 30 in his mid 30s you know and it's mm-hmm. like okay okay mm-hmm. it's okay and then i guess it's not some yeah. kid rapping yeah but she, so she wanted to go to watsky and um that was last sunday and today is uh the better oblivion community center tonight which is a connor oberst and phoebe yeah. bridger's band and yeah. I want to go to wanted to go to that, <laughs> but I mean we had just seen Connor with BB open for him yeah, yeah, in not October, too long ago. and yeah. I was like, all right, it's your birthday, <laughs> let's do, do Watsky, <laughs> and yeah. man, like I'm so glad I did because like like Connor is I, I mean I've seen so many Connor Ober shows that it's like I know that yeah, what's coming that vibe, yeah. this vibe was. And the, the, uh, the crowd was so eclectic. <laughs> so right. I was thinking, I'm going to be like this old dude. This is going to be weird. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't the oldest guy there. Right. And, and but like the, for these two rappers come out, before, like there's two acts before them and they're both rappers and it's like just the energy they brought to that place. Yeah. And then Watsky comes out and he's a rapper, but he's got this full band. He's got a drummer, a guitar player, and a bass player. Mm-hmm. And this drummer comes out. She looks like she should be working in uh, elementary school office. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She's got like, even like the clothes she's wearing are like clothes you would see like the office lady wearing. Her hair is pulled back in a ponytail and she's got glasses. She's kind of got chubby arms. Mm-hmm. And this woman was one of the best drummers I've ever seen. Holy crap. Yeah. It was so I amazing. Love, I love watching drummers. It's my favorite. <laughs> it was so amazing. And just the energy of this place was so... I mean, we I walked out of there just like... like, I mean, it was the typical rap thing. We're like, put your hands in the air. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah. But, and I don't. So I am the guy that's like, looking <laughs> like I'm not participating. But not because I don't want to, but only because... I'm not going to do it just because you told me to. Yeah, know? exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't have to do what you say. <laughs> I didn't put my hands in the air for Bono back in the day. I'm not putting them in the air for you today. <laughs> and, um, and 
but it was so good. And we left there and it was like, oh man, that was so good just to like step out of like my live music comfort zone. Yeah. And go into this other, I mean, there's like, it's so funny because there's like this guy older than me, bald dude in front of me. He's wearing this shirt that says, Jesus died for Satan's sins. (laughs) (laughs) And he's putting his hands in the air and he's popping his head. And he was all into it, and it was just so cool to just to like, like just like you're saying, like just to get into that live. It doesn't matter what the music, if you could get into that yeah. live music experience, well, just, like you commune, you commune with the other people in the room. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, those there, there's a place called Kilby Court. Did you ever go to Kilby in Salt Lake? Yeah. And there's a, there's been a lot of a lot of like some major bands that have played Kilby there. Kilby Court's kind just... of like Kilby Court in Salt Lake was like the Roy Activity Center. But outside, but in, basically in, in an, an actual city, garage. so there were actually yeah. ever actually something going on there, you know. Yeah, and and all sorts of musicians have come through there who are you know well known. But then also like I, when that uh, band I played in in college, like we played there, right? And and um, so you'd have just local groups to whoever, and uh, it's basically just an old garage, and. And and kind of maybe a more rundown part of the city, and there's like a fire pit outside, and it, but that it's just nice to have these spots of, of like I don't know, there's something there's something to that environment of uh, kind of almost having your people in a way, and um, not every show feels that way, but but just um, oh, it's just great. And so uh, yeah, that's about it on that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we even, I have a friend who plays bass in a, in a, it's like a cover band out here, yeah. bar band. Yeah. And we'll yeah. go out and watch and see his band play. And they're, they're just playing covers. Right. And they're, they're playing like classic rock. So they're playing their, their followings older than me usually. You know? Right. Right. And they're, and, the, but, and they get in and they're playing bars. So it's nice because you can find a place and sit down and not, yeah. but, um, it's still the same thing. Like even, even when it's just old people dancing <laughs> yeah. to, to the, the scorpions, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. it's still like, you can still get that energy. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it, it's about finding. Uh, uh, maybe that's an avenue to find your uh, creativity is like just putting yourself in places where there's energy like that. Mm-hmm. Cause just talking about it's got me a little bit amped. Yeah. Well, and I heard an interview with Conan O'Brien actually he was saying sometimes one of the keys has been um, like for his success he's saying like is I would just say yes to certain things and even if I didn't feel ready or prepared and that pressure of like having a deadline and having this thing that I needed to perform for um, kind of pushed me and made me better and um, sometimes those kind of things do that you know yeah. so yeah so I would recommend catching oh, they, they played Salt Lake City the day before they played San Diego so you won't be able to catch them but oh, so they're if going I could go back in time there. I would tell you to go see them yeah <laughs> in fact, in fact the, uh, the crew were all wearing jazz hats were they? jazz hats yeah. Yeah. going to a jazz game tomorrow nice yeah. well what do you think? Does that feel like a good? Uh... Yeah, that's good. I that's had no good. intention of talking about any of this, so 
I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I had an area I was going to go, but I don't want to start that now. We'll save it for later. <laughs> I know when you can like when you can pull something off when you had a, a plan and you can pull something else off and it's like <laughs> I could put that one in my back pocket. Yeah, t- <laughs> totally. <laughs> save the creative energy. <laughs> All right, well, right on, man. Uh, okay. I guess I'll talk to you uh, maybe next week. We'll see. Yeah, ne- actually, next week I'm we're we're going out of town, but uh, we can talk about this after. But um, I will be in town um, the following week. So, right, so, so, may- so maybe. So maybe the, then if the fun. listeners are lucky, two weeks. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'll catch you then. Then. Okay. Enjoy, everybody. Later.